This is the King Chasing Podcast, where we keep Christ at the center of athletics. Here's your host, Brandon Gilmore. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm Brandon, and this is the King Chasing Podcast. As always, thanks for joining us, and please make sure to visit our website at thenccaa.org for more King Chasing content. Today's guest is Malik Chevry, the defensive backs coach for Anderson University's football team. Malik has several years of experience coaching at both the high school and collegiate levels. He joined Anderson's staff in 2022 and is helping to build a brand new program that kicks off in 2024. Prior to coaching, Malik played football collegiately at Southeastern University while earning his bachelor's degree in sport management. Thanks for listening today, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Malik. Well, hey, Malik, welcome to King Chasing. How are you doing today, sir? Thank you, Brandon. Um, doing pretty good. Glad to be here. Yes, sir. Well, we're happy to have you on. We have a lot to get to, so let's go ahead and just jump right in. Uh, now, you played football at Southeastern University, who at the time was an NCCA member institution. I'm curious, what was the experience of playing college football like for you? Uh, it was it was definitely an adjustment coming from high school football, and you have the the old stat that only seven percent of high school athletes go to play collegiately. I don't know how up to date that is now, but um, it was an adjustment when it came to balancing class and football, um, and then also just being around new people, new teammates, coaches, professors, friends on campus. Um, it was actually something I really enjoyed um, being able to make bonds and friendships with with guys I still talk to to this day, um, like. One of my best friends, he was, I was his best man in his wedding. He was my one of my groomsmen. Um, I met him playing football at Southeastern. So that was a lot of fun. And then obviously playing the game of football, which obviously I'm biased, is the best sport in the world. Um, I had a lot <laughs> sure. of fun doing that too. <laughs> yeah. Now in 2018, uh, you were the defensive backs coach at Victory Christian Academy and helped lead them to a Region 2 championship. Was Is that the time that you realized coaching was your passion? Um, I actually realized coaching was my passion during my second semester of my senior year in high school. Um, so growing up as a kid, I always wanted to, to be an engineer. It just sounded like something that'd be fun. Um, I love to play with Legos and it's like to build stuff. So I felt like that was a, a career path I could take. And then um, kind of a couple things coming together, whether I figured out that I'm not much of an office person. I like to be on my feet, I like to be um, hands on. Um, and then Based on my high school athletic career, I was a, a, a small college football prospect. So um, not a lot of small universities and colleges have a full four-year engineering program. So my options were very limited. So combining that with um, wanting to do something on my feet, kind of realized I needed to pursue something different. Um, and then when I transferred high school my senior year, my position coach and defensive coordinator, Coach Ken Nix, um, that guy changed my life. Um, and inspired me to do what I do today, um, just based on the impact that he had made on my life. So um, my coach should try to do the same for kids in the future. Now, after another high school coaching stint, uh, you became the cornerbacks coach at Erskine College. Mm -hmm. What were some of the challenges that you faced transitioning from uh, coaching high school athletes to now coaching young men? Um, so when I started at Erskine, I was only 23 years old, um, which wasn't which isn't too far removed from majority of our players or majority of college players. And we actually had a few players on our team that were older than me. Um, oh, wow. So the biggest challenge I faced was um, building 
in setting boundaries for my my player coach relationship. And obviously, like I want I want them to like me, but in order for me to be the best coach, I, they can't I can't worry about their feelings all the time. I have to do what's best for them. Um, so that that was difficult. Um, trying to set boundaries and how friend ish I can be with them. Um, and other challenges were getting used to off the field duties, um, such as recruiting and going out and talking to high school coaches and um, evaluating talent and then um, just film breakdown and things in that nature. One thing that I, I've really enjoyed about coaching college football um, is that you, we get so much more time with the players when it comes to film study and, and, and being on the field. We can be much more technique focused in our teachings. Um, we just, like I said, we just have more time with the guys. So it's, it's a lot of fun in that aspect. Now, in February of 2022, you were hired on uh, at Anderson University, who announced back in 2019 that they were starting a football program uh, in 2024. So what's this past year been like for you uh, as you're kind of trying to help build a team from scratch? Uh, it's been a great experience. It's definitely been different um, being here from the very beginning where we don't have any players, we don't have practice, we don't have games. So been able to sit and watch college football on Saturdays was, was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Excuse me. So when I was hired, it was just three of us, uh, myself, um, Coach Bobby Lamb, and, and Coach, our offensive coordinator, um, Seth Strickland. And both of those guys have a, a great wealth of knowledge. Um, so it was amazing to be able to pick their brain and learn from them from it just being the three of us in the office. Um, then I've been able to learn a bunch of other off-the-field tasks, such as like organizing visits, um, camps, um, recruiting budget. Um, and it's something that, that Seth does a, a great job of explaining to, to people that don't know Division II football as well, is that Division II is more like, when it comes to recruiting and your budget, it's more like the NFL than it is Division One. Like if I was a coach at Clemson and I offered you, Brandon, a, a scholarship, you know that it's a full scholarship. But at Anderson, we have to package together all the academic and financial aid and different right. things like that. So then all of our all of our football scholarships are partial. So be able to learn that process even more um, throughout this time has, has been a lot of fun. And then so a cool thing for, for me personally being in this situation at a startup um, program is that it's technically my third program, startup program that I've been a part of. Um, when I got to Southeastern, uh, my freshman year was the second season of playing games. Yeah. Um, and then when I got to Erskine, we just finished the practice season and then we were going into the first season of playing games. So one thing that I really learned from Southeastern was when I got there as a freshman, the the junior class who were the, the first guys to come in, the guys that came in and practice for a year, those guys were tremendous leaders. Um, so I knew that when it came to, for, for my perspective and recruiting our first class, we had to bring in the best character guys that we can bring in. Now, obviously, you want the best football players, but whether we like it or not, that our first class is going to be the leaders. So when yeah. the second class comes in, they're going to look up to those kids regardless of if it's good or bad. So it was very important for us to to bring in great high character kids. So um, it's been a lot of a, a lot of, of research and a lot of time spent on a computer this year. Not as much time out in the field, but it's been a, it's been a good experience so far. I'm curious on the recruiting side of things. Without having like an existing team, mm -hmm. how difficult has that been to like, as you're bringing guys on campus and, you know, there's not practices they can come to or games or uh, mm -hmm. any of that stuff or athletes to even talk to at least football athletes. So how, how has that been? 
Um, it's, it's definitely been a challenge. Um, some people understand it. Some people don't. Um, sometimes the kids understand it. Sometimes the parents don't or vice versa. Um, but one thing that we get to tell them, there's a few, well, there's a few things we tell them. Um, so Coach Coach Bobby Lamb, he actually started the, the Mercer program or the program at Mercer. So just talk about the, the success that they've had. And then we talk about other programs such as Kennesaw State or um, Georgia State programs that are successful now that went through the same process that we're going through. And then you just get the whole selling point where it's like, hey, like you can come in here and you can be the first player to score a touchdown in university history. Yeah, The school's been around cool. for over 100 years and you can be the first player to make a tackle. Um, so when we get down 60 years down the road or whatever, the, regardless, I tell the kids, regardless if you're here or not, that picture of the very first team at Anderson will be in history yearbooks forever. So it's an opportunity yeah. to come and be a part of something like that. That's a selling point. That's good. Yeah. Now you've mentioned uh, Bobby Lamb, uh, who's the head coach there. Uh, and mm -hmm. He's got the, the D1 experience at Furman and Mercer, as you mentioned. Um, what's it been like working with him? Uh, and, and what have you been able to learn from him over this past year? Uh, it's, it's truly a God story for me to be coaching at Anderson with him. Um, his coaching tree, kind of people that he's coached in the past or people that have worked for him, extends all the way from high school position coaches throughout the Southeast all the way to um, Power Five head coaches at the Division One level, such as Billy Napier at Florida. Um, he played for him at Furman. And then Tony Elliott at Virginia, uh, who worked for him at Furman. And then there's 24-year-old me with four seasons of coaching ex experience, two at the high school level, two at college. Um, so knowing that the, the how many people that he knows, it's truly a blessing to be in this situation. Um, he's an amazing guy to work for. He is extremely funny. Um, he's going to he's gonna crack jokes, and you got to make sure you can de defend yourself. But he, he's really awesome. He's very genuine. Um, one thing that I learned quickly, um, because coming in, um, so he's got all his Division One experience. Um, Seth worked at South Carolina for six years. So I'm working, me, little old Division Two Malik is working with these two Division One guys and kind of nervous for the first month or so, but they would both continuously ask like, hey, Malik, what do you think about this? So one thing I learned was that he hires his coaches to to do their jobs. Like he doesn't just, he didn't just hire me to, to hold a place or to control me. Um, he gives us the freedom to suggest ideas and, and, and be creative. And I really love that about it. Now, the common thread of where you played and coached in college is they're all faith-based institutions. How important is that for you to work at a Christ-centered institution? It's extremely important to me. Um, I didn't grow up in the church. Um, I didn't have a relationship with, with Jesus. I believe that God was real, but I wouldn't consider myself a, a true Christian. And then so when out of my recruiting process in high school, um, Southeastern was the best option for me. Um, I, and I simply chose to go to Southeastern to play football. Um, and I knew that with it being a Christ Center University, it'd be a nice, safe environment for me to go to school. So then I later found my faith there throughout my freshman year and have grown um, since then. So now working at Christ Center University is that's the opportunity to do the same for, for young men in the future. Because um, based on the demographic and environment of football, we understand that not all of our players will come in as believers. Um, right. So. Um, just like how I was out of high school. So being able to do the same for those guys. And, and now I'm blessed to live out um, two of my biggest passions um, together each and every day um, to spread the word of, of Jesus and to, to coach the best sport on the planet, football. There you go. <laughs> 
Once you get your first recruiting class enrolled and on campus, what are some of the ways uh, you and the coaching staff plans to incorporate Christ within the team? Um, so it'll be important to us, but it's also um, our athletic director does a great job of implementing it to the whole athletic program as a whole, um, that we're not just labeled a Christian institution, but we live it out each and every day and that our athletes experience Jesus during their time here. So um, a few things we've talked about, we haven't gotten into full details yet, uh, but we plan to do a, a team Bible study once a week. And then I'll do similar things with, um, with my defensive backs, my position group, whether that's a similar thing we can do on the Bible app on our phone or um, every every time we have a position meeting, a, a different player comes in with a verse that they found throughout the day. And we kind of talk about what it means to us. Um, and then another aspect that we're going to instill or we're going to do is um, instill biblical principles in the way that we that our guys play. So whether that's their sportsmanship, their teamwork and leadership, and then also how they carry themselves off the field, on the field, in the classroom, um, on the bus, in the restaurants, in the community. Um, this is, it's going to be a fun process that we be able to do. And then lastly, one thing that's, that's really important to me, and it's something that I um, struggled throughout college, and um, which is why I'm so passionate about it, I'll remind my guys that football will come to an end at some point in their life. Now, some people are lucky, like Tom Brady, and they can play until they're 43 or 44, however <laughs> old he is. And some people only play till they're 18 or 17 when they get out of high school. So these guys are, are blessed to be in a situation where they can play till they're 21 or 22. But my goal is to remind them that they're more than just a, a football player. Um, they're a child of God and that the lessons that they'll learn through building a relationship with Jesus and then playing the amazing game of football will carry with, um, with them for the rest of their lives, um, regardless of what field of work that they pursue. Hmm. That's good. Uh, got one final question for you. Uh, I know you're a big Auburn football fan. Um, it's It's been a few years since they've been relevant on the big stage of college football. Mm -hmm. How hopeful are you that Hugh Freeze can turn it around for you guys? Um, I think we'll be able to get competitive. Well, we, I'm not, an, I'm not, I never, I didn't go to Auburn, so I shouldn't say we. I think Auburn will be able to um, be competitive. I, I can see them as an eight to maybe nine win team. Um, it's a very difficult situation when you've got your two biggest rivals are Alabama and Georgia, two of the best teams in the, in the country, and you play yeah. those two guys every single year, yeah. and let alone LSU. So um, I think an eight, nine win season, um, got to find a quarterback. Um, defense has been good, so. Uh, Got to find a guy that can that can throw the ball a little bit. Well, let's hope they can turn it around for you, make it a little <laughs> more fun to watch. No doubt. Never never knew that a, a decision I made at nine years old would bring this much stress in my life. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Well, that's all the time we have. Uh, but thank you, Malik, for joining us today on King Chasing. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Malik for sharing about when he realized his passion for coaching his experience helping build a football team from scratch, and how the coaching staff plans to integrate Christ within the team. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the King Chasing Podcast on whatever app you use to listen. We would also appreciate it if you encouraged others to listen and subscribe. Once again, we're thankful to you for tuning in and supporting us. Join us next time on King Chasing. Take care, everyone.